0: Dude, I love the setup. You got a little uh studio there, hey? Eh?
1: Well, I'm telling you man, during uh COVID, you know, everything kind of went a little crazy, so I basically turned this spare bedroom into a uh a recording studio. So I've got a I also do a podcast now too, so uh yeah. So, I've got a, a little bit of a setup here.
0: <laughs> yeah, I can say that. What is that a bunch of flags at the back there?
1: Yeah, those are just uh countries that I I've been to. So, yeah. You've been to Australia yet, mate? I have not been to Australia yet. No. I trust me, I hear I hear enough of it from Marty Copping.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think he, he told me to have a few words with you about something. I'm sure he
1: did. I'm sure he did. <laughs> I love Marty, he's oh, good he's people, did. but yeah, he's a pain in the butt.
0: <laughs> he's a bloody asshole, isn't he? Let's be honest. <laughs> How you been, mate? How's how's the last year or so been for yourself?
1: The last year has been crazy, man. It's been uh I think for everybody and, and everyone across the world can understand this. Like I was saying just now, if you don't pivot in the middle of this, you're going to be in deep shit. Uh, as an actor, the whole business shut down for six or seven months. Uh, I do a lot of on-camera work and that was pretty much done. Uh, and it really kind of forced me to focus a lot more on my voiceover work. Uh, and thank God uh, I, I wound up getting a lot of projects in that time um mm. but it, it you know in the past nine months since things started to open up a little bit things have been great i can't complain uh i've had more work than i know what to do with so uh i'm very lucky in that respect and very very thankful
0: mate we've got a lot to talk about because i you know I, I really enjoyed you and vanguard but i mean there's also The Last of Us Part 2, which you're in. I mean, you're in Life yeah. is Strange. You're in a lot of games, which I yeah. didn't realize at first for some reason. You just sneak into these games and put on these great <laughs> performances every time.
1: Thank you, man. It's you're like a chameleon. A, it's been really fun, man. It's not something that I ever in a million years really thought that would be would be a, a, a job for me. You know, mm. uh, I got into voiceover work. Uh almost as, as a bit of a fluke, as like a, a little thing to do on the side uh, really while I was waiting to get real work, quote-unquote. And what I found out right off the bat, I mean, the first the first video game I booked was a game called Dishonored that came out probably about 11 or 12 years ago. Uh, and the character I played, um, a very effete uh, kind of guy, uh, I can't even remember his name right now, uh, but it was – right off the bat, it was one of these gigs where I was like, this is not something I would have the opportunity to play Yo. on camera. And now no. I'm getting this opportunity. A, a, a guy's name was Lord Trevor Lord Trevor Pendleton. And he was kind of a feat. And he kind of moved like, you know, a little bit like cat-like. And ah, had this very kind uh, of – And now cool, I remember. Wow. Cool kind of thing. And Shit. So it was really fun to, to have – the opportunity to play something like that because there is no way on earth i would get cast is is that kind of part in real life i mean the the renderings for the character almost looked uh steve buscemi-esque you know um so automatically my first foray into doing voiceover work was getting to play something that i wouldn't naturally get to play uh on camera And so it kind of opened this whole world to me. And I was like, wait a minute. You know, there's all these things that I'll be able to do in this world that I might not be able to do on camera. And so, I mean, hell, just look at Vanguard. I'm 45 years old. I'm playing a, you know, hotshot pilot. No one's casting me as that.
0: Oh, I I think you could do that. (laughs) I think you could. Oh, thanks, man. Come on. (laughs) I could see you in the next Top Gun. Come on.
1: Oh, I'd take it. I wouldn't argue it. (laughs) Trust me. But this was just, yeah, it was a totally fun project. But all these, uh, all these opportunities, all these games have just been—it's been a whole new world for me. Uh, Never really thought I'd have that opportunity, but yeah.
0: Have you gained more of an appreciation for gaming over like TV and film and that now that you've been in it for so long and done a few projects?
1: I'll be honest with you, man. It's the really interesting thing about it is that since I've kind of started in the business. I've gotten to see firsthand how the gaming industry has changed in terms of story, in terms of the actors that they cast, in terms of the emphasis that the developers put on the story. Uh, I was having a conversation with uh, a JV Blanc the other day, and we were talking about the fact that, you know, um, I'm a theater guy. I, I come from a theater background uh, and I'm, I'm not a musical theater guy, but I do know a little bit about musical theater in the sense that, you know, when, the musical theater genre came about uh, it was basically you go grab a bunch of different musical, uh, a bunch of different songs, put them into a play, and then you'd write a story around it. And I feel like that's kind of how gaming started. It's like, okay, we know that we've got these action sequences and we know we want all this stuff to happen here, here and here. And then we're going to kind of loosely write a story around it. And that's how gaming kind of started in terms of that, the narrative uh, aspect of gaming. Uh, you know, you got these explosions and then you got to write some kind of piecemeal story around it. And over time, what's kind of happened is that the story becomes just as much a part of the game. Uh, and same thing happened with musical theater. There are guys like Stephen Sondheim who wrote musicals. And when he wrote, I hope I'm not boring. You,
0: <laughs> no, man. All you no, guess I, with my music. No no, 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 no.
1: But yeah, no, man, no, man, there there are writers like Stephen Sondheim <laughs> who write the music and the in and, and the dialogue at the same time. And it's combined and you see that happening on games like The Last of Us and The Last of Us Two, yeah. and Uncharted. And in this particular instance, this Call of Duty game, Vanguard, where the story was uh it was a way of serving in some respects the the uh the action sequences as opposed to it being the other way around. Mm.
0: Mm-mm-mm. How did you find the camaraderie between you guys? I mean, I know you've worked with Laura Bailey before, I mean, but you had to put up with guys like Martin Copping, which I mean must be tough on set
1: <laughs> dude i'm gonna I, I I'd be lying if I said this really was one of the funnest projects I've ever been a part of. um and I, could I know tell. people say stuff like that all the time uh, i I think you add on to the fact that all of us have been kind of in this. Holding pattern because of COVID. And this is one of the first jobs back that most of us had. Yeah. Uh, and just, there was just a glee and a joyfulness. And everyone, we just had fun, man. Yeah. Uh, and it also helps when you have a big cast like that. I mean, pretty much every scene I'm in, it's me and three or four other people. So there was just a lot of giggling, a lot of laughing, a lot of horsing around, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, the powers that be telling us to focus and stop <laughs> fucking around for five minutes and get to work. Um but it was just, I mean, every day was a real blessing and it was just fun to work with these guys. The other except thing that was Marty. really interesting, yeah. except for Marty. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Marty's a, he's a character. He's, he's, yeah, I don't want to say anything that could wind up ruining my career here, but <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I cut you off there. You
1: were going to say something. Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I love Marty. Uh, it really was. I mean, every single day, just yeah like kids, you know, it felt like being a little kid again.
0: You just wanted to be there every day, I'm guessing, especially after COVID. Yeah, man, yeah. and I'll tell
1: you, like, coming from a theater background, that was the other thing. Like, when I tell people this, they think I'm nuts. But doing performance capture is very much like doing theater. You're in a blank oh. space. There's nothing on stage. There's 100%. nothing on set. They tape out the whole entire area. The area that we perform in is called a volume. They tape out the whole entire area. And when you walk out there, they go, okay, so this is an aircraft carrier. And to the right, there's the horizon. There's planes going all different directions. To the left, there's planes on the aircraft carrier. There's hundreds of people moving and going to and forth. There's an elevator that goes down here. There's an elevator that comes up here. All that stuff is taped out. you Mm. know. But that's just like doing theater. When you're doing theater, you don't actually get into the actual space, usually until about a week before you open. So most of that time is spent in rehearsal space that's taped out. It's usually in like a church basement or some place that's got a <laughs> – I, I had rehearsals one time. Slightly for, dodgy uh, place. Mm. Yeah, really dodgy places, uh, uh, empty warehouses, stuff like that. Mm. Um And so this was very reminiscent of that. Uh, You know, you've got a chair, but it's not really a chair. It's a box, you know? Yeah. Uh, You're just playing pretend with your friends. You're not in costume yet. Everybody's wearing these skin tight uniforms. There is a a little bit of a learning curve when you're doing motion capture, you know, because you've got these cameras in your face and everywhere you move, it moves with you. And, you know, when they yell action, a a light comes on. And so you've got light hitting you in the face. It, there's a there's a bit of a learning curve to it, but when you take some of that technical mumbo jumbo out of it, it's literally like just doing theater again, being in a rehearsal space and just yeah. playing pretend.
0: One take as well most of
1: the time. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have to be memorized like you would for theater. You don't get the opportunity to pick up and go back. Mm. Uh, and that was something that was really kind of interesting. I was working on another project at the time and uh, an on-camera thing, and I had just shot a scene. And, you know, there's four or five actors in the scene that I was working on. And people know their lines loosely. But on performance capture, everyone has to know their shit backwards and forwards. (laughs) Because you only get one shot. You you can do multiple takes, but Mm. you can't cut. There is no way to cut in between the takes. So everyone knows their stuff and there's a rhythm to it. And I think because most of the people that are doing uh, voiceover work come from a theater background, there's a natural kind of... Uh, pace they understand pacing a little bit better maybe than some on-camera actors do there you go everybody Uh, so it's uh it man i'm telling you that's not something i hear very
0: often man i gotta say it feels
1: like doing theater it really does
0: yeah i love to hear that uh stan here says derek is always amazing uh john here says could you ask derek if you haven't already how he got the role
1: in, uh, Vanguard. Yeah, I'm happy to talk about that. Uh, I have look, man. I grew up playing Call of Duty. Uh, I started out back when it was you know Medal of Honor days. Um, I'm a fan of the franchise. I'm a fan of first-person shooters in general. Uh, and so, probably about six or seven years ago, I got an audition. Uh, they never tell you in the video game world like what you're auditioning for, but Code names. a casting director. Yeah, there's a casting director named Ivy Eisenberg. Everyone in the business knows that Ivy Eisenberg cast Call, Call of Duty. Duty. Yep. So I got an audition for some military-type game about six years ago. And I asked my agent, I'm like, this sounds like Call of Duty. And you knew Call it was Ivy? And I knew it was Ivy oh, that was so casting
0: so you're switched on. You know what's going so on. You,
1: you basically know this is a Call of Duty game. Besides that, you don't really know anything else about it. They give you a breakdown of the character. I went in, I auditioned, uh, didn't get it. But I think I made a fan out of Ivy. And so over like the next six years, I kept coming in for Call of Duty games. Every year they'd release a new Call of Duty. Every year I'd go in, I'd audition for Ivy. I'd get close, but I wouldn't get the job. Uh, last year I wound up getting a small part in uh, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War, um, where I played Raptor One, who's the helico- helicopter pilot uh, in the zombie missions, and I'm just in charge of basically evacuating. What's the voice for that, by the way? Can
0: I- What's that? Can I hear that voice?
1: Yeah, this is Raptor 1 here. He's got a little bit of a a Texas dialect, so there's a little bit of a twang to it. Uh, So, yeah, that's (laughs) that's, that's Raptor 1 when he's coming in there hot, you know, trying to pull you out of your evac situation. Um, So, yeah, I got that. And then um, Ivy called me literally, like, maybe two weeks later about another Call of Duty. And I was like, wow. I I mean, it was like that (laughs) quick that I booked Raptor 1 and then got the new call of duty audition for this version uh at the time we didn't know it didn't have a name i don't even remember what the working title was yeah uh but the breakdown was the guy was a hot shot fighter pilot and it's world war ii uh
0: sounds good to me ego <laughs>
1: and has a, a a pretty healthy opinion of himself basically <laughs> was the breakdown i auditioned for it uh and you know once again it's this weird situation where you're not having live in the room auditions. Mm. Everything's on computers and, and Zoom and and everything else. And yeah, I mean that's kind of how it went down. And this time around it worked out in my favor and I actually got the gig.
0: And we're glad you did. Everyone here you, is man. can't believe you're to One as well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it like, yeah, uh, I would we people have been asking me, do you think that these two are related? Because Raptor One is obviously <laughs> modern day. Why not? Why not? Yeah, Maybe yeah. Wade Long lost down cousins or something. War. Yeah, Wade settled down in Texas after the war, had some family, and that's how Raptor One got his uh, his his twangy accent.
0: Uh Matty Sims here says, "Hey, Derek, been a big fan of yours since Fallout Four and Life is Strange. You're one hell of a VA." <laughs> hey, I'm going to stop you there. He's not just a VA. Okay, this man is an actor. <laughs> Thank
1: you, through. buddy. I appreciate it. And that was Matty, I believe.
0: <laughs> Matty Sims, yeah.
1: Thank you, Matty Sims. I appreciate it. Uh
0: yeah. Rania? Ren- I hope I said your name right. Um, do Wade Jackson and Derek Phillips share character traits?
1: Oh, okay. Interesting question. That is interesting. Uh I'm from Miami originally. Wade is from Brooklyn. Uh. Yep. But my grandfather is originally from Jersey, so it's that, you know, northeastern part of the part of the country. Uh so I kind of naturally, my natural speaking voice, there's a little bit of an East Coast kind of vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think basically when I do my Wade, I think of my grandfather. Because my grandfather had like a little bit of a, a Brooklyn accent or, or New York accent. He's from Jersey. Uh, so when I'm doing my Wade voice, it's just a little bit more of that, you know. Just throwing a little bit more of that East Coast twang on. Uh, <laughs> Wade has way more of, of a higher opinion of himself than I think I do of myself. Look, I think I'm pretty awesome, but Wade thinks he's the bee's knees. <laughs> um, yeah. so I'm, I'm trying to think of what other qualities. I was pretty adamant at one point in time they had talked about Wade potentially being a Yankees fan, but because I had done the movie 42, I was like, can we uh... make him a Dodgers fan? Yeah. Uh, and I know in one of the renderings they had had a uh, Brooklyn Dodgers scarf, and then there was something written at one point in time where they said something about the Yankees, and I said, "Oh no, no, no! Remember we had that that scarf, and since I did forty two, can we make him a Brooklyn guy?" And that was dude uh, forty two, uh,
0: great movie. R.I.P. Chadwick, man. Damn.
1: Yeah, that was that was devastating. Ah, uh, oh. I, I still. I, I, I'm still in shock about that. Um, for your listeners that, that may not know. I, I, I worked on the movie 42 uh, which is a baseball movie. It was about Jackie Robinson and uh, it was one of Chadwick Boseman's first big movies before he got black Panther. And um, it, it was just it, it, the whole situation with Chad passing away as early as he did is just devastating because he really was just an upstanding guy Um, Uh, quiet, reserved, uh, a work ethic, like literally no one I've ever, I've ever been around. Um, and we had the opportunity on that film. I, I I was one of the Brooklyn Dodgers. I played the catcher in the movie. And so we started rehearsing. We had baseball practice for that for three months before we shot anything in the film. And so we were out there playing baseball every single day together, uh, and got to know each other and got to hang out and got to know a little about uh, about each other's lives long before we ever shot anything on the movie. So it wound up being like six months of, of getting to know each other. And he was just really and truly one of the nicest people you ever meet on, on, on the planet. Uh, last time I saw Chad was probably about, uh, I want to say probably about three years ago. I was leaving a restaurant in L.A. and bumped into him. And I just said, man, congratulations on everything. I'm so excited for everything that's going on for you and and, uh, with Black Panther. And he was like, dude, thank you so much. Uh, And Chad, this is, I think, just a sign of who Chad is. Like I was sitting there singing his praises and he said, and congrats to you, man, on everything you got going on. And I was like, well, I'm doing okay. I'm not doing what you're doing. And he goes, yeah, man, but both of us are working. And I mean, to even equate what I'm doing with, with the career that he had, I don't think he saw it any different. To him, it was work, and we were lucky to be uh, actors that, that got the opportunity to work. And it's funny,
0: I've never heard a bad thing about the man before, even he's a good after dude. he passed. He's a good dude. You know? Um, yeah. Yeah.
1: The um, other thing, too, I mean, I had friends of mine that were working with him that, that none of us. I mean, I'm sure there was a select group of people in Chad's immediate family, Mm. uh, and and friends that knew he was sick, but I had a buddy that did a a film with him a year before he passed, had no clue that he was sick. Uh, but that'll just, I think that'll say something about the work ethic that the guy had and, and, uh, to be as sick as he was and to not show it. I mean, hell, I just had hernia surgery two days ago. I posted about it on, uh on instagram because i want everyone to know so i can get you know pats on the back about how tough i am uh and the fact that he he didn't feel the need to tell anybody about it and kept it private and still was able to go to work and do all the things that he was capable of of accomplishing Mm. in those remaining years it's crazy to me um yeah it
0: is it's an inspiration uh on a lighter note you also got to work with um Harrison Ford
1: in that film. I mean, that must have been a dream come true in a way. No, it was, man. Uh, it was pretty surreal. You know, I mean, just like any kid who's—I say kid—I'm forty-five, but <laughs> I grew up on Star Wars. I think all of us did, you know. Yeah. Uh, so it—it it was definitely a surreal moment. Um, I got to shoot two scenes with Harrison Ford in uh, in forty-two, and uh, it, it, the the camera—the first scene that we shot together um the camera's pointed at me so i'm sitting there and i I got a little bit of nerves you know because i'm sitting there working with harrison ford i get all my lines out i'm in character i say my stuff we turn around the camera goes to him now and i got the chance to just kind of sit back because the camera's not on me and i'm sitting there going (laughs) this is so cool (laughs) i'm literally doing a scene right now with han solo i'm in a scene right now with indiana jones and it was not lost on me at all uh and he was a really, really cool dude. The worst part about that, though, my nephew is now a huge Star Wars fan. He's uh, probably – he's 11 years old. He's also a Call of Duty fan. So finally, I think I got something where he thinks I'm cool. But he was <laughs> – about two or three years ago, I was uh, down in Miami for Christmas. My nephew was playing uh, Star Wars Battlefront, uh, and he's playing the Star Wars game. And he said everything that year, everything he wanted for Christmas was Star Wars. I want Star yeah. Wars this. I want Star Wars this. So I said to him, you know, I worked with Han Solo. Oh,
0: he's still I said, there, you know, Derek. I did
1: a movie with Han Solo, and he goes, "No, you didn't." Yeah, can you hear Hi. me? Did you, you,
0: got, me? you I got you? I got you. Got you. Just lost you for a sec. Uh oh. See, this is what happens, guys, when you do live Zoom interviews. It's all right. We'll get you back in, Derek. I don't know if you can hear me, brother. Uh classic. And you never know who it actually is. Let me put it in a waiting room. Derek will be back in a second, guys. Um, I don't think we've had too many uh, Zoom issues over the years, really. I think we've had one or two dropouts over the entire time I've done this, which is pretty, actually pretty lucky. So we were probably due for one of these. Geek Muscle, Maddie, Shatman, The New Vortex, Squad Up, Bonzi, Bonsai? Blue Blackwing, John Anthony, Ian Sava, Jericho, Gonzo, MG, The Wade. Han Solo was too strong for this string, <laughs> oh it's your fault man, you just entered, yeah man, how could you, how could you do this? Derek, I reckon Derek has completely lost internet or something. I don't know. He is—he's uh, in trouble. I might have to invite this man again. I think he's gone offline. It was the power of the fake plant movement. Hey, Northern. So Maggie Robertson, who plays Lady D, as a lot of you will know, from Resident Evil Village, she told me that when she wins the Game Award, she's going to thank me on the stage. She's going to thank Dan Allen and the fake plant movement. What do you reckon? (laughs) Can you imagine that at the Game Awards? Oh, man, that would be so funny. That would be hilarious. Derek is Gonski. He is literally just vanished. That's it. He'll be back. He'll be back soon, guys. Um... Have you tried to get Arthur's... Yeah, I'm getting shotgun. I've got uh, Arthur Kingsley's actor on very, very soon. Sunday. American Tam. Sunday, I think, three or four, PST. Um, me and Chike. And then Laura Bailey, I couldn't... Unfortunately, she wasn't available. So we got three out of four. Not bad. Um, and then we've got Vars on. Yes, Michael Mando, man. Now, here's Derek. Here he is.
1: Hey, man, can you hear me?
0: I got you, brother. I got you. Uh,
1: I don't know what's going on. My internet just went kaput, so uh, we're going to do this from my phone.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good, man. Oh, good. As long as we got you.
1: Are we still live?
0: We are still live.
1: Oh, Sorry, you cut it. out
0: there. You cut out there.
1: All right,
0: all right. Man, you're giving okay. us a house so tour. I'm
1: getting my little. Yeah, there you go. I got a little tri- <laughs> My little tripod set up here. Oh, beautiful. Uh, I don't know what happened, man. Well, the internet's um, just gone. Gone but on. Yeah. Now. So I'm. Just... Who knows? Who knows? So anyway, I think we were talking about uh, working on 42 and yep. and having a couple scenes with Harrison Ford. Uh, But as I said, my nephew is like a diehard Star Wars fan now. And I was telling him, you know, I I worked with Harrison Ford. I worked with Han Solo. And he's like, and I said, Ryan, to my lawyer, I said, put on 42. So he put on 42. And I show him the scene with me and Harrison Ford. And he goes, that's not Han Solo. (laughs) And I go, that's Han Solo. It's Harrison Ford. He goes, no, that's Harrison Ford. That's not Han Solo. And I'm like, it's the same thing. And he's like, it's not the same thing. He goes, can I play my game now? And I'm like, this little shit. <laughs> so so I've been uh, trying. This is the word. He was probably like eight or nine years old at that point in time. He's 11 now. And my whole entire goal in life is to try and impress this 11-year-old little shit. <laughs> uh, and so I think I finally uh, may have done it. Because I, uh, I, I booked this Call of Duty game. And he's a diehard Call of Duty fan. And so I kept sending him pictures of me, you know, in in costume and stuff like that. And now he literally, my brother sent me a video of him the other day playing the game. And uh, when he took out the aircraft carrier, he kind of turned around and looked at the camera, and his face went like really this: "Oh, that's good!" Like his big grin. That's so I great. think maybe, maybe I've graduated into cool status. I don't know. I
0: love that man. That's <laughs> great, great story, um, guys. He's back, so. Calm down, everyone in the live chat. <laughs> all right, he's back. You don't have to deal with just me. All right, um, I wanted <laughs> to ask. <laughs> I wanted to ask you about uh, inspirations for that that sort those few sort of missions. I'm guessing you would have watched maybe Dunkirk and Midway as a couple of inspiration. You know, recent inspirations.
1: I had seen Dunkirk before uh, because this was specifically about the Battle of Midway. Midway was a great movie to watch to get an idea of it. Yeah. Uh, but going back to talking about Harrison Ford, uh, a lot of what I based Wade off of was, was Harrison Ford. I tried to think of who's the coolest guy I know, who's a hot shot and yeah. can kind of play that, that tough character, but also that you also feel for. Uh, and so a lot of Wade was, you know, based off of Harrison Ford, uh, and as Han Solo, Tom Cruise and Top Gun. Yeah. Um, yeah, a lot of those aspects were definitely pulled together from that. But then, I mean, obviously off of Richard Best, the actual pilot, uh that it that that are, that my based off
0: You know? Uh, uh, yeah, of course. It's based off a real life um, pilot. Yeah.
1: They all are. All the they? characters in this game. Yeah, yeah, all the characters in this game are based loosely, very loosely off of actual world war Two characters or world war Two people yeah interesting
0: uh ian here says what was it like when you got the call up for the call it, look, for the role in call of duty you must have been screaming in excitement being a fan of the series
1: i was excited man it just feel it felt like it was a long time coming um it, it kind of comes in spurts, though, because at first I booked the job and I was excited just to have the job, but I didn't know he was one of the lead characters in the game until I think we all sat down to do our first table read. Um, and they, they got us the scripts. They're very, very secretive in, in the video game world. Uh, one of the first games I ever booked was a, a, a game called Aliens Colonial Marines. And we were three voiceover sessions into it. Wow, And there was a reference to Waylon yutani that was brought up. And I'm in the booth and I go, hey, guys, um, is this an alien video game? And they all go, "Uh, yes, it is. You didn't know? <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, so I was three sessions oh, in before. Oh, my goodness. I feel like that has changed a lot That's in so the video funny. game business. Yeah. Uh, it, it used to be v- so secretive that you didn't even know what the hell you were working on half the time. Yeah. Um, on this one, we we had. I mean, by the time we started working, we knew what we were doing. Uh, but I didn't know that I was one of the lead characters in the game. I don't think until uh, probably we sat down to read. Yeah. Man, yeah.
0: That's so funny. It's crazy. Gonzo here says, "Raptor One, my man, you saved my butt more times than I can count. You did great in the campaign, and I hope all is well with you. Love you too, Dan. From Gonzo. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate it." <laughs> now I got I gotta ask you about last of Us man because I mean that yeah. that series is really something special in my opinion I mean those two games are 10 out of tens in my opinion they're they're phenomenal video games yeah uh in the first game I believe you were the doctor in the first game and then you got the callback yeah. and you I mean you you mustn't have believed that the role that came out of that because no one thought anything of that at the time. Here's the deal.
1: Here's, yeah. here's what, this is my story of the last of us. And as I said, you guys know, you video game fans out there know that like it takes sometimes five, six, seven years to make these games. I auditioned for the last of us. I want to say probably in like 2010, uh, audition for it to play, uh, the older brother of Tommy. There were two brothers in the game. Um, very early on, two African-American brothers. They weren't African-American when I auditioned for the game. Um, oh, okay. That role. Yeah, 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 I can't remember what the character's name is, but I auditioned for that part uh, and originally had gotten that part. And then six months went by and my manager and I were talking and I was like, have we ever heard anything about that uh, that Sony game that I auditioned for that I got? And she was like, I haven't heard anything. Let me call. We called. They said, "Yep, yeah, we still want Derek. He's still a part of it. Blah, 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 blah. Uh, and then like another six months went by. I still hadn't shot anything, still hadn't done any performance capture on it, hadn't done anything. Um, so this happened two or three times that we called them, and they were like, we still want him. we still want him." And then finally, it was like, the game has actually changed uh, <laughs> since then. Those characters no longer exist. Uh, we still want Derek to be in the game, um, but we're going to have him come back as something different if he still wants to be a part of it. I just was happy to be a part of the game at this point in time, you have no clue what this game is going to be. Or... Did you
0: know it was Naughty Dog?
1: Yes. I knew oh. it was Naughty Dog. Um, yeah. But I had no clue at that point in time. I mean, Naughty Dog wasn't even Naughty Dog at that point in time. I mean, they had they had Uncharted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uncharted. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it wasn't, this is literally 2010, yeah. 2011 maybe. Um I don't think I recorded my stuff for The Last of Us until probably 2012. Uh, And at the time, it was, I mean, I was thankful to have it. It was just another voiceover gig at the time. And then when I actually played the game, I was like, oh, wow. (laughs) This is different. I can honestly say I have never been as emotionally invested in a video game character as I was in these characters. Uh, mm-hmm. That scene when you're in that bar getting chased around, and that guy's trying to kill Ellie,
0: and oh, you're playing man. as Ellie.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, my heart was because you've got such a connection with this character at this point in time. As you're playing it, you're like, I have to keep her alive. I have to keep her alive. I have to keep her alive. And I've never felt that kind of, as I said, that 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 att- that kind of attachment to a character. Mm. Uh, now, I will say, I was completely and totally surprised. When they brought me back, Neil Druckmann called me and he said, hey, I'd love to uh, sit down with you. We're going to be bringing your character back for, from The Last of Us. And I'm like, what character? I mean, the, the surgeon was almost uh, a second thought because I wound up playing, you know, a few characters. a couple of different yeah, fireflies, yeah, yeah. Yep. some security guards, whatever. Um, How I mean, I was beyond thankful. And then Man. when Neil brought me in, I'm like, why does he want like why does he want to have the meeting? It's a tiny little part, you know? And then he told me what they were planning on doing with the character. And it was like, oh. Wow. Like I was I was blown away. So he told me bought
0: everything to, to you right there and then. You know. Oh you, yeah.
1: You. They told me what the whole game oh, was wow. at that So point did you have to sign an N D A? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I yeah. I had already signed back on to the game at that point in time. I had already signed my NDA, but he brought me in because he wanted to tell me what I was playing. Yeah. Cause at this point in time, I'm playing a guy named Jerry. We don't know anything else about him. I would have known what I, what the character was, I think at this point in time, but I think we, he, he had to tell me what happened with Joel and what happened yeah. uh, regarding Abby and all that other stuff. Um, wow. And when he was telling this to me, I was just sitting there kind of flabbergasted, like, number one, they're going to do this to Joel. Uh, I I still think it's brilliant storytelling. When Neil and I discussed it and talked about it, uh, what Neil was telling me, he told me a little bit of his background. And the fact that, you know, he's Israeli by birth and uh, was born and and raised in Israel and got to see firsthand a lot of uh, the atrocities that have happened uh, on both sides uh, in the Palestinian conflict and wanted to talk basically about how an eye for an eye, eye for an eye makes all of us blind. And that was kind of the the concept behind The Last of Us 2. And when he was explaining it to me, I was just sitting there going, this is brilliant. This mm-hmm. is brilliant. And the fact that I'm going to be the device that kind of sets all that in motion, it was like, I was thrilled to, to be a part of it and just excited to get to work on it.
0: When when he's telling that to you, is there any hesitation in- in you or him about like the fan reception, what that's going to be, or is that not? A, is that just an afterthought, or like because it is a, it is a, it's a. Um, I mean, I really enjoyed the story, and it, but it definitely did get some uh, negative feedback.
1: across One hundred percent, and yeah, look, I, I can answer that, and I'm happy to talk about that. To be mm-hmm. honest with you, um, mm-hmm. when he was telling me this, I remember being shocked. Mm and thinking, oh, my God, this is going to happen to Joel, but also thinking it's brilliant storytelling. If yeah. you remember correctly, the tail end of Last of Us, you're going in there and you literally just slaughter every single person that's a firefly. I mean, you destroy everything. Well, I was going to ask you when you played it, did you, I, only,
0: I only killed your character. I didn't kill the other yeah. doctors. As I went at yeah, the end. Yeah, you may
1: not kill the other doctors, but you kill every single person that's in that Oh, okay. See. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Once I guess they come out. So. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So from a storytelling standpoint, I'm going, dude, this is amazing. That's an amazing idea. Yeah. Are yeah. people going to be shocked? Of course they're going to be shocked. That's that's okay. Um, the thing that frustrates me and to this day pisses me off is that this was leaked. Oh, uh, And that people didn't no. have an opportunity People didn't have an opportunity to play the game and actually play it and see how it plays out. Yeah, they found out. They found out that these are major plot points that happen and made their decision on whether or not the game had any value based on that. If you want to play the game from beginning to end, and once it's over with, you want to tell me it's a piece of shit game, we can have that argument all day long. But I have no time to listen to or, or talk to anyone who did not play the game that has an opinion on it. And that's with anything. Look, man, I'm not going to watch a movie trailer and tell you that it's a shitty movie. I can't do that. I have to have seen the movie to tell you whether or not the movie's any good. And that's how I feel with The Last of Us 2. Uh, I know that there are a lot of people that were upset that Joel died. I'm upset that Joel died. I was a huge fan of Joel. But I also understand the plot device and the device as a storyteller. And I think it's brilliant storytelling. I and I 100% stand behind uh, Neil Druckmann's cho- choice and all of Naughty Dog's choice to make that, that game. And I think it's a brilliant game.
0: Bold storytelling. And it's never been done in a game landscape where the antagonist is flipped by the end. Like, I don't know. You've played Last of Us 2 at this point? Yes. I I was on Abby's side at the end. I couldn't believe it. I hated it at the start.
1: Hey, man, I'm Abby's father. And I don't even know at the end that I was on Abby's side. But I understood where Abby was coming from. And I feel like in life... And I don't want to get political, but I do feel like if if we could just take five minutes on either side of the aisle in American politics and try for a minute to try and understand where the other side is coming from, try to put yourself in somebody else's shoes. I think life would be a lot better. Life would be a lot easier. We probably agree on a lot more if we tried five minutes of empathy. And I think that that's in some respects what this game is asking for. Uh, And I think that's a bold thing there's not a lot of video games out there that are are trying to ask us to think. And this game asks you, asks you to think. So I stand behind it 100%. I think it's a brilliant game. I think it's brilliant storytelling. Uh, as I said before, I'm happy to have a conversation with someone who's played the game that doesn't like it. We can argue about that all day long. That's also the wonderful thing about art in general. And I would say that last of us is art, uh, and there's very few video games that I would say that about, but this is a piece of art. Uh, and I think that with that, um, it's okay to have different opinions. It's o- it's okay to have uh, 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 different thoughts about what you think the game is and, and how you think it should have been done differently. That's okay. That's completely... What I don't like also on top of it is... Mm. Death threats. Uh, the death threats yeah. that I saw. Disgusting. The horrendous... Uh, 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 anti anti-Semitic, anti-Semitic comments mm. made to Neil death threats made to Laura Bailey. Mm. That shit
0: Doesn't, I got no time
1: for that. No. There's no place for that. Uh, did you
0: ever anyway. speak to did you ever speak to Neil or Laura about those death threats or anything? Or they're very strong. Uh, I know and, that. They're very strong people. But they
1: are. They're they're stronger than I am, to be honest with you. I, I think I would have uh I think the fact that they that they took it and didn't respond. Um, And when they did respond, they did it with such class. Uh, I don't think I would have been able to do that. Uh, Mm. So I, I have the utmost respect for them. And the reality is I wasn't getting that. I wasn't getting death threats. I'm not a big enough character in that game that people were coming after me. I had some derogatory comments made people telling me that the game fucking sucks. You fucking suck. That kind of stuff, mm. but never had death threats. Never had anyone uh, saying anti-Semitic things to me. But the fact that they were doing that to Neil it, it, and and to Laura, it, it pisses me off, and it makes me as as a co-star and and a employee of Naughty Dog, it just it upsets me, man. I I I want to stand up for these people because I I I worked with them and I respect them as humans, and so that.
0: I don't know. Yeah, no. Troy, anyway. Troy Baker said the same thing when I asked him. He said the ex- pretty much the exact same thing. So, I mean, yeah. if there's one thing to learn, it's that everyone a part of this game is a very is like a family in a way, very supportive yeah. of each other and everyone backed each other on the game, and that's why we get such a good product out of it, in my opinion.
1: Yeah. Um, but that's the thing, man. Look, I, I I'm all about people being Adam. And I'm all about people saying, if you hated the game, dude, I get it. That's okay. I'm not going to yeah. hate on you because you hated the game, you know. Uh, there's just a better way of going about it than death threats and all the other stuff. But, hey, let's be positive, right?
0: No, and just one more on the last of us. I, I, I just want to know because in the first game, you have to shoot Jerry. I, like yes. I've tried not to and you, you have to shoot him. Yeah. So like surely he knew there was something going on. Like why would he make the player? Or was that just coincidence? Do you know? Did he ever I have- don't
1: know if yeah. I don't know if long run they had that plan from the beginning. I don't think that they, I don't think that they did. Yeah. Uh to be honest with you. Um if they did, they didn't tell me about it and I didn't know about it. Mm. Uh I do think I mean look, the, the first game we're left with that moral conundrum you know uh joel lies to ellie at the very end and says you know uh they they tried but there was nothing they could do you know we he doesn't tell her that he wound up pulling her out of there and killing all those people because i mean we have that discussion in the second game where ellie says when ellie does find out what actually happened uh and she's pissed she thinks that her job was to be the sacrifice, and Joel was incapable of allowing that to happen you know mm. so I, I think the the game even in the first one, you're dealing with these moral conundrums these 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 quandaries uh of what's right and what's wrong um I think that's why the game touched the chord the first time, and why I think it touches a chord the second time I, I if if people are honest with themselves, I think if they remember what they really liked about the first game is also that, that moral ambiguity.
0: Now I've got another couple more, sorry, about this game. I just love <laughs> this universe, man. Are you
1: looking forward to the TV series on HBO? I am, man. Yeah. Uh, and people have asked me if I'm a part of it. I haven't heard anything at this point in time. I'm crossing my fingers that my phone will call, <laughs> that, that yeah. they'll call me at some point in time because I know that they've used some of the actors from the game uh, yeah. at this point. Uh, I, I just would love to to have an opportunity even if it's not to play Jerry to and I don't even know if there will be a Jerry in this story I don't know I don't know the story they're telling um I, I'd love to be a part of it obviously uh it it's one of the being a part of the last of us family's been one of the highlights of my career so yeah I'd love to be a part of it
0: HBO are usually pretty good let's be honest with tv series yeah you think <laughs> <laughs> they do pretty good work sometimes <laughs> yeah And then the other one was, um, do you think they're going to do Last of Us Three? Because I'm I'm not sure now. That's a tough one. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. And I
1: don't know. I don't know where where we go from here. Mm. I'm not a writer,
0: you know. Uh, Because it does feel unfinished in a way. Like it does feel like there's one more one more story. But I just uh, oh, I'm sure that there is. I mean, there's there's
1: plenty of story in that world. Mm. You know, because the world itself, that that post-apocalyptic world in and of itself is fascinating. Now, I guess the ultimate question is, is if there is a Last of Us 3, is it Abby's story, is it Ellie's story, or is it either of their stories? Mm. You know, um, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I
0: guess we know the fate of your character. Sorry, mate. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, we know what happened to me. <laughs> I don't. You, may, you never know. You might still be in it. Yeah. <laughs> and
1: it's your fault and it's all your listeners' fault, too. It's all of our fault.
0: <laughs> uh, guys, if you have any questions for Derek, send them through. I know there's a few here that I'll, I'll get to now. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's have a look here. The Last of Us is one of my favourite games. It's so cool to know how they chose to film The Last of Us TV series in my hometown. Oh, nice. Nice. Uh, big fan of the Vanguard characters. Uh, big fan of Wade, Derek. <laughs> um, Thank you. Could you ask Derek what was the longest time he's ever spent on one production?
1: Hmm. Well, I mean it, I, this one isn't really fair. I was uh I was on a TV show for 5 years, so that was that's the longest the time I spent on on one production. It. Yeah. Uh so I mean we would take little hiatuses here and there but we we worked on it for 5 years straight. So
0: in a, in, a, know, in that, for a game I'm guessing it was Vanguard. Uh
1: tough to say. He, Hmm. probably probably vanguard well maybe it's here's the deal like with expansion packs it's like i mean yeah. there are games that i've worked on where it's like they do an expansion pack and the expansion packs could last three years but you're only really coming in going he's got a grenade he's got a rocket launcher a rocket launcher dead ahead you know uh you're doing that kind of stuff yeah um but this this was the most involved that I've been on any video game. You know uh, this one's from doing the, the performance capture. Cause we did performance capture every day for uh, about a month and a half. So we were in there literally almost every day, eight to five doing performance capture on this. Uh, and that was the most consistent. And it, it felt like having like a, <laughs> as an actor having a real job. Um, and that, that very rarely ever happens where you're, we were literally Monday through Friday, eight to five every single day. And how did you go with,
0: um, the efforts or the screams or the Wade Jackson death scenes?
1: Oh, uh, you know, terrible. Those are, those are awful. They're awful on every game. I can't stand them. Uh, and this one made it doubly horrible uh. I told you guys I just had hernia surgery. Um, could so you draw on that real life those- experience? I was doing all here. I'll show you. I was literally doing all those efforts in holding my stomach <laughs> like this because I had a hernia, and so I'd be in the voiceover. Sorry, there, I shouldn't be laughing. Holding, no, it was. It, it's funny. <laughs> my intestines are literally falling into my scrotum. What's funnier than that? Uh, it was. Yeah. So doing doing all the efforts on this game was not fun but i mean the people that we at sledgehammer and jb blanc who's an actor jb knows how this is and jb was like mate are well, you good you need a break take a break you know so i take my break and chill out and how did he get, take my like five did, to ten minutes in between
0: how did he get the direct because like he's he's known for being an actor usually i, I thought like his resume is huge
1: it is man i'm not sure how he got this gig uh and I don't mean that in a negative way. I mean he's brilliant. No, JB no. was awesome to work with. It must have is it uh, something he wanted to do? I'm guessing. I think so, but I think that if I remember correctly, this is one of his first forays into PCAP uh uh oh. directing. Um, but dude, he's he's good. Like I know video games pretty well, and I know the voiceover business pretty well at this point in time. JB's one of those guys who's just like Veteran status. It's, yeah, it's, it's Troy Baker. It's Laura Bailey status where, you know, I think I've probably done 20 or 30 voiceovers. Laura Bailey and JB have done like 500. You know, I mean, it's these guys. They also look. man, I'm a good voiceover actor. I'm decent at what I do. But these guys have just such range and, and they can do anything. You know, there's a limit to my abilities in this in this field. Uh, I'm very thankful for the work, but I also recognize my own limitations in it. Whoa. And JB, yeah. I'll sing JB's praises. I just texted him the other day because uh, Arcane just came out. And I don't know if you guys have watched Arcane yet. He's in it, is he? On Netflix. Oh, dude, he plays a character named Vander and he's friggin' spectacular in it. Uh, the series itself is spectacular. Uh, really, really good. I have to so watch I, it. I, yeah. I recommend it. Don't tell JB if you ever have <laughs> JB on. Don't tell him I... I sung his praises. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's 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 like Marty as well. A lot of shit talking. Oh about me, and
0: no! Marty. Not those yeah. those two not together, are they? Oh no!
1: Oh no! It's mostly oh, okay. JB and I talking shit about Marty.
0: Oh thank yeah. God! Thank <laughs> God!
1: <laughs> but I'm uh, sure when I'm not there, it's mostly Mark, Marty and JB talking shit about me.
0: <laughs> now life is strange as well. Uh, Mark Jefferson. I mean, I played this game. Years ago now, I think it was 2014 when it came out, 2015. I think I
1: can't remember um, when it came out, man. I remember specifically the audition for it, uh, yeah, because it was this cool, like, high school teacher. This is another one of those games that you're like, I mean, you look at how the video gaming industry is changing mm-hmm. and the storytelling. Uh, so I remember the audition for this one, the, the guy was a cool teacher, but then. They said, uh, we're not sure where we're going to go with this, but there's a chance that this guy may also be like a mass murderer. So let's see that aspect of things. Um, but I felt like they were leaving it very vague and very open. Uh, and it wasn't until we started recording, I think there were five or maybe six episodes of life is strange. Um, yep. cause it was released periodically, uh, or almost like episodic. Uh, and by the time we got to the fifth episode, up until this point, I'd just been playing Mark Jefferson as the cool hip teacher. Um, I even asked him, I said, so is that whole storyline where he's like a murderer? They're like, oh, no, 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 we're not doing that anymore. And I was like, oh, okay, gotcha. So I just played him as the cool hip teacher. And I think that was a good note Wow. Um, directorially because it didn't allow me to start playing mm. what I thought he might be, waxing the mustachio, you know, kind of thing. And so when I actually did wind up <laughs> becoming the, the villain in it, it was like, oh, nice. So now I get to so you really
0: reckon, delve into that. So you reckon that was on purpose. They didn't tell you. Yeah. To keep it, yeah. to keep 100%. it so no one knew, you know, it wasn't, yeah. you weren't catching on. I like that. Well, nowadays
1: too, man, I think you got to be careful just to. I mean, it's even, you know, when they were doing Star Wars back in the day, on set, they never said, Luke, I am your father. You know? <laughs> Mark Hamill had to find out about that later.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I,
1: I, I think, it, look, man, with the way things get spoiled regularly, uh, yeah. yeah, I think it's good on them that they did that. But then also as an actor, I think sometimes if you know too much, you might start playing a little bit of that. Mm. And I don't think they – they didn't want me to give away anything. They they didn't want any red herrings, that Jefferson was the big bad. Can I ask,
0: is that one tougher than others? Because it feels like that game should be PCAP, but it's not. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's a lot of heavy storytelling and back and forth. And I'm guessing you're just reading lines. You're not with the other person in the scene. There were
1: some times on that game where we were together in the same room. Okay. Uh, It wasn't – it was rare. Yeah. Um, but yeah, there were times on the game where I was with, uh, you know, Hannah tell, uh, I had some scenes with her, um, mm. and I believe, uh, Danny Knight as well. Um, but yeah, most of it was alone in the booth. Uh, that's something that's changed a lot too. Uh, from when I really started out in this, in, in the voiceover business, I feel like the directors have gotten better and better, uh, at explaining like, uh, uh, uh explaining what's actually happening in the game i feel like when i first started out in this business you you do your work in the booth and then you'd go play the game and you go oh well if i would have known that's what was going on in this scene i would have played it completely and totally differently you know because you don't have the benefit of of having all that information a lot of times as an actor Mm. Uh, so i think really good directors in this field will set that scene for you you're in a classroom this character is a smart ass. This character is this. Cause a lot of times you don't have that information. And what just happened is this character just said this, you're upset by it, but you got to keep your voice down because you don't want the rest of the other, the other characters to hear, you know, and those kind of things are, you need to know those things as an actor. Uh, it's, it's your given circumstances. Anytime you get into a scene. Um, and I feel like nowadays uh, and especially when I was doing life is strange, they, they did a really good job of, kind of setting the tone of where we were who we who we were with uh but when i was starting out in this business it it, it, i don't think it was maybe maybe the directors didn't speak actors language the same way that they do now i think they've gotten better i've heard
0: that a lot i've heard that a lot that's getting a lot better yeah
1: a lot better well i mean it's also as you just said you asked me about a person like jb like jb's done a lot of acting and hasn't done a lot of directing and i'm like that's why he's perfect for this. Because you, he knows what a voiceover actor needs. Do you think DC.
0: the developers have gotten that feedback from actors saying, you know, maybe the directors weren't up to speed? Or is it is it just just a progression? I think that's
1: possible, but I think it's also, you know, it's 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 a learning curve. Mm. Everyone in this business, this this is it's what new. We're, it's all new. Mm. It's all new. Mm. All of this is new, you know. Uh, the PCAP thing. This this technology hasn't been around that long. We're all learning as actors. We're learning. We're learning what we can get away with. We're learning what movements work, what movements don't. We're, I mean, simple things. Just the learning curve of you know, you're working on this space, the volume. And as I said, a lot of it is very much like theater, but then there's things that are completely and totally not like theater. You know, mm-hmm. the minute they yell cut, I have to stand in what's called a T pose you know, so that they can record where we, I still don't even know exactly so you, why I do that. Do you ever get
0: used to um, that? Have you got used yeah, to it? Yeah, you yet? get used to yeah. it.
1: But, and as an actor, technically, I don't know exactly why I have to do that. I know I have to do it, but I just go, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Stand my uh, Yeah, things like you can't walk off the volume in the middle of the scene. You know, if you step oh, off really? the volume, you're no longer in the space and yeah, it okay. destroy destroys the whole rendering. Um, so yeah, right. even if you're in the scene and you exit, quote-unquote, they still want you in the volume. Uh right. so there's a lot of things that are just – it's it's as I said, there's a learning curve to it. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So have you done um, motion capture since or looking to do more? Uh, I know you won't be able yeah, to tell I'm us the project, working-
1: but – no, I'm working on another game right now. Uh that's a, a motion capture game. And obviously, as you know, with NDAs, I can't yeah. talk about Tri- triple A game or it. uh <laughs> once again, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um yeah. I know it's gonna be a big uh release. Um but yeah, I mean it's not an independent game, it's a major studio game, but yeah. I, I don't I, I can't talk about it, but I've I've done PCAP on that, and that's been really fun because it's been very different. Uh this guy's uh like a hotshot gunslinger. Um, it's, it's really cool. Uh, but I can't talk about it. Yeah. That's all I can say really. No, um, no, no. I
0: don't want to get in trouble. All good. Yeah. I'm lo- Thank you. I'm going to, to I'm going to have to get myself. In <laughs> <order>. <laughs> I'll have to get My you back for it. whatever it is. I'll have to get you back for it. Sounds good. Yeah. Sounds good.
1: So that's been really fun. Uh, and that also was like started up right in the middle of the pandemic. So that's been really kind of weird. Uh, but that's one of those two you asked me like so what's the longest game you've worked on it's like okay so I've only done like four sessions on that game um, and that's usually how it kind of goes I think with Call of Duty uh, usually you wouldn't do like a month of PCAP every single day in a row no. that would be spaced out a little bit more but because of the pandemic uh, they were kind of up against the up against the wall there so they had to kind of get everything recorded at once this one they they've got the release isn't for years. So they've already told me I'm going to be coming back on this one that I'm doing PCAP for right now. Uh, it'll be over the next three years and it'll be like a session here, a session there, a session here, you know? Wow. So that's kind of interesting. That's exciting. But that's, though, man. that's exciting. It, but that's kind of how the last of us went, you know? I mean, mm. the last of us, they were working on that game for, I mean, I don't even know how long they were doing PCAP on it.
0: Uh, Ye- but years,
1: years,
0: yeah, years, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's amazing, man. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, I hate I hate this part of the interview where I've just got to, oh, because I just every time the guest just can't tell me what they're working on. It's just every I, it's time really
1: tough, especially uh, in the video game world, because you can't say anything. But Vanguard, I can't tell you the title. I can't tell you anything. Vanguard. I don't even
0: know the name of the title. Vanguard released you guys early they, they actually said the who the actors are going to be months
1: before it came out which was great i think because it was the first time that they actually used our faces in marketing so it was like you know obvious we had done production photography and done production stills uh the, the posters for the game and the cover of the game like those are actual still photography um so and that that's the first time i believe that uh call of duty or activision has ever used uh the actual faces of characters in the game for their marketing.
0: Every single um, character was the actor's face. I don't think I've ever seen yeah. that in a COD ever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Which is great. That was cool. That was just cool in and of itself, man. Like when we got that phone call, because I was like, okay, so how are we doing this? And I literally went to a, a, a like a, a, a studio, a photography studio and walked in there and they had all my gear. Like, all the character renderings gear. And I'm like, because I've seen what the character looks like at this point. And then they put all the stuff on me. And I'm like, dude, like, this is the real deal. See. Uh, had all the real weapons and everything. And
0: Richter, yeah. uh, Dominic. I, I didn't know it was him. Like, I thought, geez, this looks a lot like him. But, but yeah, I-, I just didn't put two and two together because the accent. And then, yeah, look at yeah. the credits, it's him. I mean, he was phenomenal too, wasn't he?
1: Dude, Dom was unrecognizable. I mean, obviously all of us know Dominic Monaghan from, you know, Lord of the Rings and Lost and, yeah. and Star Wars. I mean, he's a very recognizable guy. But when he came on set and I heard his voice for the first time, I was like, whoa. Mm. It blew my mind. It blew my mind. Uh, that scene with him where that, that I got to have with him where I'm in the chair and he kicks me over. It's just fun to work on that with him, man. Mm. Good actor. And, yeah, all these guys are just across the board. Everybody in it was solid. It was what about Freisinger?
0: Oh, he was menacing. Come
1: amazing. On. I got to work with him on a show called Longmire years ago.
0: Was um, he he's a super talented guy. Oh, wow. Yeah.
1: Small part back in the day. Yeah. yeah. I'm guessing a different <laughs> character to this one. <laughs> yes, 100% different character. I didn't even recognize him. He had to tell me that, and I didn't know that. Until we actually discussed it, because I I, I didn't recognize him. Uh,
0: man, I got to watch Long I've never watched it, and everyone tells me you've got to watch it's it. A man. It's a fun show, man. Everyone tells me this is the show for you, man. Uh, I still haven't <laughs> seen it. I will. I will yeah. one day. I will get. You there. got an Aussie
1: lead in there too.
0: Yeah, exactly. A couple more because I know you're a very busy man, mate. Uh Shatman. He says. Have you ever been in more Aliens games since Colonial Marines? I don't no, think you man. have. No,
1: Aliens Colonial Marines, unfortunately, did not uh, live up to expectations. So the the franchise kind of got nipped in the bud there. Uh, I will say it's not my fault, you know. But no, yeah. Well, what was it? Just I can't remember. What well, it was the the gameplay. If world, I remember I think- correctly, and look, man, I. I as far as the technical side of like gaming goes, I don't understand this stuff as well as other people do, but I know that uh there were some bugs in the game uh, yeah. on the technical side. Uh and I think that a lot of the fan base was really upset because I, I know that they had done like uh a playthrough maybe and not use the actual footage, used different footage than was actually uh, in the game. Oh, that's or right. Like that.
0: Yeah, I remember that. Uh, yeah,
1: and I remember there was a lot of backlash on that one. Look, man, gamers are adamant. You know,
0: there are souls, A lot of them. <laughs>
1: eh, yeah, I'm not going to say that. But yeah, I mean, look, if if something isn't up to snuff, uh, they're going to let you know.
0: You know, very vocal. Yeah, very vocal on Twitter, especially. Yeah, mm-hmm. Uh, shit. Um, so is there anything? But I mean, you-
1: to be honest with you, I feel like these yeah. colonial Marines brought that upon themselves by. It's essentially false advertising, man. You said the game was going to look like this, and it didn't. So uh, did I lose you there?
0: Yeah, I've lost your video for a sec- There you are. Uh, right. My relationship with Derek's characters went from hating Mark Jefferson to caring about <laughs> Jerry and Heron and loving Raptor One and Wade Jackson. Speaking of Heron, as someone who is Greek, I loved Blood of Zeus and I'm hoping for more of it.
1: Oh, dude, we're picked up for uh, seasons two and three already. Oh, nice! Yeah, awesome. um, we're wait. We're I just uh, talked to the creators uh, probably about a month back, uh, and I mean, scripts are written. Uh, we're just waiting to get back into the booth and start recording them. But yeah, uh, Netflix picked us up for two more seasons at minimum. So um, I'm excited to get back to it too. That was a fun project. That was a fun project.
0: Now, do you think they're going to do Vanguard 2? because at the end of Vanguard I'm thinking come on these guys there's more to explore here surely dude
1: from your from your mouth to God's ears man uh, I know when we were shooting it uh, Dave Swenson um had said that you know uh, it had alluded to the fact that they were hoping to potentially bring this team back together so you know I mean I think a lot of that is is on is dependent on things that are outside of my control you know sales of the game and blah 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 but uh yeah, I mean, I would love to to have an opportunity to get back together with everybody, uh, Chica, Chike, and Laura, and and uh, even stupid Marty. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, he can he can be left out, don't you think? He doesn't. Need I'd be anything. fine if
1: he was left out, actually. <laughs> 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 no, Marty, we can't
0: we can't do Marty that copy. to you. <laughs> Marty, fucking copying. Uh, so, is there anything uh, you can tell us about mate that you're in? In the next yeah, year, I just, like, uh, besides yeah, Vanguard, I just everyone should play Vanguard. But yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, I just shot a pilot for a new show on Fox called uh, The Last Police. Yep. So I'm crossing my fingers that that winds up going. Uh, Howard, really cool concept.
0: Those pilots must be tough because you want them, you know, you want them to succeed. But in the back of your mind, yeah. you're thinking, you know, the chances are sometimes they're low, aren't they? Like realistically. But-
1: Here's the deal, man. They shoot less pilots than they used to back in the day. So now, if if they actually decide that they're going to shoot a pilot for a TV show nowadays, it's got a it's got a much better chance than it would okay. have had back in the day.
0: Okay,
1: uh, I'm also two for two on pilots. Every pilot Whoa. that I've ever shot on, so I'm going to say, uh, cross my fingers and, and hope that this one goes. Uh, but it'd be really fun to play. Uh, it's just a cool concept. Uh, the show takes place like six months before an asteroid is supposed to hit earth and that asteroid is going to wipe all all life off the planet. So imagine what the world would be if everyone knew that they had six months to live. So people are gone. People have gone apeshit bananas. I mean, people are lost their minds. People are suicide, robbing banks, killing each other. Uh, and I'm a small town uh, police officer working in Utah, uh, when all this shit's about to go down. And, um, what a cool concept without giving too much else away. Yeah. That's basically the concept of it. It's a really cool concept, man. And I, I'm just hoping we get the chance to, to, to do it, to do it. You know, we shot the pilot a month ago in Utah uh, and I'm just excited to see what happens moving forward.
0: Do they go big on the pilot in terms of budget or do they have to scale it back? They go big. No, no, no. I mean,
1: that's also a good sign. The fact that they spent the money that they did on this is mm-hmm. always a good sign. Uh, there's Sometimes people are a part of a project and they don't spend the money on the pilot. And if they're not spending the money on the pilot, it probably means they won't spend the money on the show. Uh, but yeah. yeah, I mean, Fox seemed very excited about this. Man, also, the exotic. time in which we shot it, the fact that he shot a pilot in October, bodes well, you know, uh, usually... Yeah. Yeah. We would shoot a pilot in March or February. <clears throat> um, the fact that we shot this in October means potentially that who knows. You could you could sit there, yeah, you Dissect know, making it. all those all those yeah dissecting it a million ways a Sunday and not know what the final result's going to be. But uh, yeah, I got that. I got a bunch of voiceover gigs that I've worked on that I can't talk about. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've got uh, Injustice that just came out. Um, where I played uh, Nightwing and Aquaman, uh, nice. which was really cool to be a part of. My first foray wow. into in the DC, uh, and I got to Nightwing play Aquaman, and Aquaman. Cool. Wow! Yeah, yeah. Nice. My my Aquaman is a very small part comparatively. I don't think I'm in the running of uh, throwing Momoa out of his out of his spot <laughs> just yet. But uh, it was cool just to be a part of that universe growing up as a comic book fan.
0: I love it, man. Awesome. Yeah. And where can we find you? Instagram, Twitter, Derek Phillips?
1: Instagram is underscore Derek Phillips at, well, at Instagram. Uh, And Twitter is Derek Phillips. I think there's Derek Phillips,
0: right? Beautiful. I've got it in the description anyway, guys. If you want to click and give him a follow, if you can, um, that would be great. It's, uh, yeah, it's please do.
1: Been- and thank you, to, thank you for having me. And thank you to everyone for listening and tuning in and checking it out. And thank you for playing Vanguard and for all the awesome questions, man. This was really fun.
0: Really fun, man. I look forward to doing it again uh, one day. Really appreciate your time, brother. Would
1: love to. Dan, thank you for having me, man. This has been fun.
0: Um, before I let you go, mate, is there something yeah. Wade Jackson can say to Dan to wrap this one up? <laughs> pretend i'm your co-pilot all right
1: <laughs> i got it i got it I, what, what, oh man i gotta think of some of wade's lines
0: uh <laughs> <laughs> i don't want to put, look i put you on the you spot you put me on the spot here, i have put I you on the spot
1: him. oh god it's terrible come on guys <laughs> i can't think of any Wade stuff we That's we need awful.
0: we need a line come yeah. on guys any, anybody
1: have a line fresh all I can think of right now is him going, Woo-hoo! as he drops the bomb on the uh, on the aircraft carrier. <laughs> That's all right, man. All good. I'm gonna get. How about you... the last line where where Wade uh, says, uh, "Hey, everybody, hang on back there. <laughs> <laughs> hang on back there."
0: Love yeah. it. Thank you, man. I uh, Appreciate your time. Have a uh, have a Thank great you, have a great day, man. Have a great week.
1: I appreciate it. Thanks so much for having
0: me. Take care, man.
1: All right. Later the greatest interviewer of all time.